Section thirty two of Rudder Grange. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter sixteen In which an old friend appears and the bridal trip takes a fresh start. What on earth are you talking about? says I, dumbfoundered. Well, says he, it's a trick he's been playing. He thought a bridal trip like ours ought to have some sort of an outlandish wind-up, and so he sent us to this place, which is a meeting of chaps who are going to talk about insects, principally potato-bugs, I expect, and anything stupider than that I suppose your boarder as was couldn't think of, without having a good deal of time to consider. It's just like him, says I. Let's turn around and go back, which we did, prompt. We gave the tickets to a little boy who was selling papers, but I don't believe he went. Now then, says Joan, after he'd been thinking a while, there'll be no more foolin' on this trip. I've blocked out the whole of the rest of it, and we'll wind up a sight better than that boarder as was has any idea of. Tomorrow we'll go to the father's and see if the old gentleman has got any money on the crops, which I expect he has by this time, and I'll take up a part of my share, and we'll have a trip to Washington and see the President and Congress and the White House, and the lamp always a burnin' before the Supreme Court, and don't say no more, says I, it's splendid. So early the next day we goes off just as fast as the trains would take us to his father's, and we hadn't been there more than ten minutes before Joan found out he had been summoned on a jury. When must you go, says I, when he come back looking kind of pale to tell me this? Right off, says he, the court meets this morning. If I don't hurry up, I'll have some of em after me. But I wouldn't cry about it. I don't believe the case'll last more'n a day. The old man harnessed up and took Joan to the courthouse, and I went too, for I might as well keep up the idea of a bridal trip as not. I went up to the gallery, and Joan, he was set among the other men in the jury box. The case was about a man named Brown, who married the half sister of a man named Adams, who afterward married Brown's mother, and sold Brown a house he had got from Brown's grandfather in trade for half a grist mill, which the other half was owned by Adams's half sister's first husband. Who left all his property to a soup society in trust till his son should come of age, which he never did, but left a will in which he gave his half to the mill to Brown, and the suit was between Brown and Adams and Brown again, and Adams's half sister, who was divorced from Brown, and a man named Ramsay, who had put up a new overshot wheel to the grist mill. Oh, my! exclaimed Euphemia, how could you remember all that? I heard it so often I couldn't help remembering it, replied Pomona. And she went on with her narrative. That case wasn't an easy one to understand, as you may see for yourselves, and it didn't get finished that day. They argued over it a full week. When there wasn't no more witnesses to carve up, one lawyer made a speech, and he set that crooked case so straight that you could see through it from the overshot wheel clean back to Brown's grandfather. Then another feller made a speech, and he set the whole thing up another way. It was just as clear to look through, but it was another case altogether. No more like the other than an apple pie is to a mug of cider. And then they both took it up and they swung it around between them till it was all twisted and knotted and wound up and tangled, worse than a skeeny yarn in a nest of kittens, and then they give it to the jury. Well, when them jurymen went out, there wasn't none of em, as Joan told me afterward, as knew whether is was brown or Adams as was dead, whether the mill was to grind soup or be run by soup power. Of course they couldn't agree. Three of em wanted to give a verdict for the boy that died. Two of em was for Brown's grandfather, and the West was scattered. Some goin' in for damages to the witnesses, who ought to get something for having their characters ruined. 
Joan, he just held back, ready to join the other eleven as soon as they'd agree. But they couldn't do it, and they was locked up three days and four nights. You'd better believe I got pretty wild about it, but I come to court every day and waited and waited, bringing something to eat in a basket. One day at dinner-time I see the judge a-standin' at the court-room door, a-wipin' his forehead with a handkerchief, and I went up to him and said, Do you think, sir, they'll get through this thing soon? I can't say, indeed, said he. Are you interested in the case? I should think I was, said I, and then and there I told him about Jones being a juryman and how we was on our bridal trip. You've got my sympathy, madam, says he, but it's a difficult case to decide, and I don't wonder it takes a good while. Nor I nother, says I, and my opinion about these things is, that if you'd just have them lawyers shut up in another room and make them do their talking to themselves, the jury could keep their minds clear and settle the cases in no time. There's some sense in that, madam, says he, and then he went into the court again. Joan never had no chance to join with the other fellers, for they couldn't agree, and they were all discharged at last. So the whole thing went for nothing. When Joan come out, he looked as if he'd been drawn through a pump log, and he says to me, tired like, Has there been a frost? Yes, says I, two of em. All right, then, says he, I've had enough of bridal trips, with their dry falls, their lunatic asylums, and their jury boxes. Let's go home and settle down. We needn't be afraid, now that there's been a frost. Oh, why will you live in such a dreadful place? cried Euphemia. You ought to go somewhere where you needn't be afraid of chills. That's just what I thought, ma'am, returned Pomona. But Joan and me got a disease map of this country, and we looked all over it careful, and wherever there wasn't chills there was something that seemed a good deal worse to us. And Joan says, if I'm to have anything the matter with me, give me something I'm used to. It don't do for a man in my time of life to go changing his diseases. So home we went. And there we is now. And, as this is the end of the bridal trip story, I'll go take a look at the cow and the chickens and the horse, if you don't mind. Which we didn't, and we gladly went with her over the estate. End of section 32